You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And welcome into the Braves postcast. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you. We, of course, are part of the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta. That's where you can find the Braves postcast. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also find this postcast if you subscribe to Locked on Braves, wherever you get your podcasts. I want to go ahead and get all of that out of the way, Jake, because we have an exciting game to talk about. We have a heck of a series to talk about right here because the Braves, they did it again. They walked off the San Francisco Giants. They did it in the opener. It came up short in that second game despite some serious offense. And then it felt like maybe the Giants were in complete control of game three. We're going to take the advantage in the series. The Braves were going to have to shift into salvage mode in the finale, but not to be a furious ninth inning comeback, a 4-3 win. Jake, I think this is one of those signature victories for the 2022 Atlanta Braves to this point. Yeah, well, 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 how the turntables have turned, or however Michael Scott coined the phrase there. Yeah, you're exactly right. It looked like, you know, the Braves were going to lose another close one here, and it was going to be, you know, the benefit of the Giants tacking on some runs late, but credit to the Braves' offense. They don't give up. They didn't give up last night, and they definitely did not give up on this evening either as they came back and won the game. Yeah, and this is, I think, this sign, the hallmark of a good club and something that's been such a part of the Braves over the last three years as they are, excuse me, four years, let's make it uh, that, that they have been winning and doing so in dramatic fashion. Comebacks were just part of what the Braves did, but we weren't seeing that here in 2022. The stat of the night, I kept hearing it over and over in the broadcast and went back through the Braves game notes. Atlanta had not won a game when trailing after eight innings. In fact, they'd won just two games when trailing after six all season long. That, I think, points to the first six or seven weeks of the season, at least April and May. Things have changed in June, Jake, because the Braves haven't found themselves trailing late that often this month. But a heck of a way to come back on a team that also has eyes on October and to put, again, an exclamation point on what, to this point, has been one of the best series of 2022. Yeah, me and you were kind of talking about it before we started recording even last night, I kept felt like, you know, as many times as they fell behind, I felt like, you know, they they can come back. They can come back. And even in this game, you know, I felt like, you know, they can come back. They can come back. I thought that run in the night the mentor allowed was going to hurt them. And then the Dansby Swanson home run brought them within one. And I thought, oh, no. But still, mm-hmm. again, this team just keeps fighting. And they have that feeling now. And I think they have that confidence. Like you said, they've gained over that big stretch of winning all those close games that they feel like they can come back and they feel like their offense is good enough, you know, one through nine, like we've talked about, mm-hmm. um, that they can come back in any type of game. We know they have the power to get it done, you know, but even without the home run ball, able to get it done tonight. Yeah, and I mean, they were not using the long ball to build up a big lead or get back into the game the way that they were a night ago. The Giants hit a couple of home runs. In fact, let's go ahead and jump into the line score and talk about that because I want to get into what was a great, a well-pitched game throughout most of it before the Braves' furious comeback really flipped the script and gave Atlanta the win in this one. It's game number 70 of the year, three out of four in the San Francisco series. Still got the business fan special awaiting us on Thursday afternoon at Truist Park. But for the Giants, they dropped to 38-30 and 30 on the season. Three runs, six hits, no errors, and six men left on base for them. Braves now 40-30. and 30. They're once again 10 games over 500. Four runs, seven hits, made three errors, and left four men on base. A.J. Minter, despite allowing that run in the ninth, 
Well, his team picked him up big time. He picks up the win in relief. He's three and one. Jake McGee takes the loss, drops to one and two. Obviously, no save in the game. Two hours and 52 minutes was the time, and 38,478 very enthusiastic, well, mostly Braves fans, so the Giants were probably well represented. But I think a lot of folks went home happy after this one and after that ninth inning. A home run in the game from Dansby Swanson. That made it a 3-2 game, but then the Braves' bats went to work. But before all of that got started, we were asking, and I think, you know, Jake, you and I have talked about this all season long. When are we going to see the old Charlie Morton? When's he going to find his way back into that groove? The last three starts have looked a lot more like the Charlie Morton we became accustomed to from about 2017 on as he is piling up the strikeouts at this point. 11 more punch outs, seven innings tossed tonight, just three hits, a couple of solo home runs. That's kind of been the one bugaboo, and I hate that word, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway because he has allowed a few too many long balls this year for his normal rate. Is he leading all of baseball? No, but Charlie Morton has been annually one of the toughest pitchers to hit home runs off of. But, you know, Jake, that's just kind of been part of his struggles this year, and it does feel like he's starting to turn the corner. Yeah, before the comeback, obviously this was going to be the story of the game for me, and I still think it is a big story. He's been really good now. I think you go back even to that Pirates start, really good over his last three outings. And in that Pirates outing, you struck out 12 batters, but he gave up the four runs, and you were thinking, okay, are we seeing signs of him breaking out? Then his last outing, maybe his best of the year, and then into this one as well. And you look at his last three starts now, 20 innings pitched, just 11 hits allowed, yep. four of those solo home runs, as you mentioned, the long ball kind of plaguing him a little bit, 32 strikeouts. That's a whip of 0.60, and ERA still, even with the home run of 2.70, over 50 swings and misses in those three games. And on this night, he had 39 called strikes plus swings and misses. That is a huge number. You hear me talk about that a lot. Anything around 30 is really good. He had 39 on Wednesday night. So, uh, look, I'm getting really close to saying that I think that Charlie Morton is back. You look at this three-game stretch that he has, and he's starting to prove that he can command all of his pitches now. He has them working. He's getting the swing and miss that we're used to seeing. So I'm feeling really a lot more confident in Charlie Morton right now. I think you're not the only one who's feeling more confident. I feel like Charlie is as well. He's starting to build on this. And what pitcher wouldn't be as you kind of struggle and try to find answers. You keep, you know, picking it up every fifth day like a Rubik's Cube and trying to, you know, turn a few more spaces and figure some things out. And it just seemed like through that first seven or so weeks of the season, first nine or ten starts anyway, he was just constantly looking for whatever it was that was missing. And it seemed like that it would change from start to start as well. But overall, that curveball had been the weapon that just it wasn't enticing hitters to expand their strike zones and to give him the kinds of swings and misses we were accustomed to seeing. But as you just laid it out, a lot of swings and misses happening lately for Charlie Morton in the last three starts. Uh, going back to the home runs, just because, you know, if you're wondering in relation to what he did last year in over 30 starts, 185 and two-thirds innings, he allowed 16 home runs. He has thrown 74 and a third innings this year. He's already allowed 11 home runs, so that rate is up. But if you're going to give him up, Jake, give up the solo home runs. Don't right. give up the ones with two or three guys on base. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of some of these, at least three of them in these last three starts, I know were in the first inning, which mm -hmm. we talked about. That's been the problem inning for him. I don't know how that necessarily relates to the home run ball specifically, other than just miss of location kind of early on as he tries to feel things out. But yeah, I mean, home runs, you know, solo shots aren't necessarily going to kill you. Like you said, I think the biggest thing is he doesn't, he hasn't walked a lot of batters over the stretch, just one walk 
in his last three starts. And it's when you're walking batters and then giving up those home runs where you really get in trouble. So I think that's where Charlie has made a huge leap and why I say he's finally, I think, found his command because he has limited the walks, one walk, like I said, in his last three starts. So he's not walking hardly anybody. And I think that's a big reason for his success here recently. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because you look at the home run column, yeah, you see a couple in there, but you go over and look a couple of spots down, and in that walk column, zero. And 11 strikeouts again tonight across seven innings of two-run ball for Charlie Morton. He was giving the Braves everything that they needed, but the Atlanta offense had to deal with a pitcher who was on quite a roll. That's Carlos Rodon of the San Francisco Giants. He was dialed in again tonight. Seven innings of one-run ball for him. The Braves in the seventh inning were able to break up his 21-inning scoreless streak. He left this game having struck out what 10 batters, so yet another multi or excuse me double-digit strikeout game for Rodon. You knew you were going to be in for a tough customer, so runs were going to be at a premium over the first, we hoped, seven or so innings. And then, you know, battle of the bullpens. I think the Braves, more nights than not, you know, of course, game two notwithstanding, they have a pretty good chance of matching with any other club. And as it looked like from the way that these first couple of games of the series played out, the Giants bullpen had a couple of guys who were down and unavailable. And with that in mind, it kind of opened up the door there late for some of the heroics that the Braves offense got into. I want to talk more about that in just a moment. Before we do, though, I, I want to let you know about Sports Card Investor because I have collected baseball cards for most of my life, including right up to this very day. And I'm excited to tell you about the Sports Card Investor app. Whether you're a casual card collector or looking for something like an exciting alternative investment opportunity, the free Sports Card Investor app has something for you. Browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week. You can check the latest values of your favorite cards. You can also find the best prices and buy directly through the app with the eBay deals feature. So a lot of things going on with this one. Again, if you love cards, if you just have a, a passing interest in it, why not check it out? It's absolutely free. You can download the Sports Card Investor app today uh, in the Google Play or Apple app stores and go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on to check it out as well. Uh, with that in mind, the Braves offense was collecting runs here late, and it happened mostly in the ninth inning. We had Matt Olson once again. I think, Jake, he's starting to show that he is turning the corner. Two home runs, six runs knocked in in the loss in game two of the series, but an RBI double against Carlos Rodon that got the Braves on the board. You mentioned the Giants' answer. They pushed it back to 3-1. to one. Then we go into an exciting ninth inning that began with the Dansby Swanson homer, his 10th of the season. And then from there, what a turn of events for Atlanta. It was great hitting. It was great base running. It was clutch hitting. Jake, there was a little something you know that you'd love to see from a club. It wasn't relying on the long ball like you were talking about earlier. It was good situational hit hitting, awareness, and base running. Yeah, it was. And it was, you know, honestly, one of my, you know, slight critiques or criticisms of the Braves offense the night before on Tuesday, just not great at bats in clutch situations late in the game, you know, with Ronald swinging at the first pitch in a clutch situation, grounding out Ozuna's at bat in the ninth inning last night was not very good. This night, I thought it was much better, even though the pitch he hit, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a great pitch, but he dropped the bat head on it and he has enough power, pushed it through the right side of the yeah, infield. He gets on base and then a great heads up play. Maddelson just missed ending that game, hits the ball to the warning track. And I don't think I'll say this very often, but great base running by Marcelo Zuna. Of course, it's always great when you're safe there, you're out there. Mm -hmm. It is a boneheaded play, but uh, it worked out there. He moves over. And then, yeah, just some great at bats. Again, I thought it was a great at bat by Contreras, obviously. You know, he took till he got a strike. He ends up getting ahead in the count two and one. 
and then sits and gets a middle middle fastball that he just doesn't miss and cranks to left field. And you know, I talked about the good base running by Azuna, almost bad base running there as he went back to the bag, but still had plenty of time to score there. Mm -hmm. uh, then a good at bat by Duvall as well, who yep. had not had great at bats up until this point in that game, and he comes through with the walk off there. And you talk about the Giants being down some some pitchers. Obviously, you know their closer unavailable in this one because the Braves worked him pretty good the last two nights. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it was I don't know good for the Giants. It didn't work out here either with Taylor Rogers, but. Uh, you know, they had some pitchers they couldn't go to. So Braves hitters just, again, some good at-bats up and down tonight. I really like the at-bats much better in the ninth inning this night as well. Um, so, again, just loved what they did and, and the comeback here and, and the approach at the plate. And sorry, I, I'm rambling on a little bit here, but I want to go back to the seventh inning because I don't want to miss this. Orlando Arcia, just tough luck right there. But even yep. before that, Matt Olson on second base, less than two. I think it was nobody else. And Contreras takes the ball the other way, moves into third. Great situational baseball there. And then RC with the tough luck line out there could have tied the game, but went right to Brandon Belt over there at first base. So, again, just speaks to the quality of at-bats that the Rays had as the game went on, facing a very tough pitcher in Rodon. Uh, and it ended up paying off in that ninth inning. Yeah, every 90 feet against a guy like Rodon, I mean, that's a battle. That's a small battle to win the war to score a run against him. Braves were able to get the one there, but they did leave Matt Olsen at third. And as we've looked at these games where, the, again, Atlanta, after the sixth inning, if they did not have the lead, they were 0-26 this year. That stat carried all the way, obviously, into the eighth inning because the Braves didn't have any late comebacks really up their sleeve this year. They had several walk-offs, but most of these games seemed to be ones that they'd tie it up and that would just stay tied up or kind of go back and forth, back and forth, and then Atlanta would find the runs it needed to win some of these games. But a lot of clutch moments in that ninth inning. The Swanson home run taking the run right back that the Giants had just poked through against A.J. Minter. And then it was just such a, an assembly line of run scoring and base running. And I know you, you brought up Ozuna you know, freezing or going back toward the bag there on that hard liner by Contreras. I know he didn't want to get doubled off. The Giants did him a favor, though, because they were bunched up in the outfield and gave him about an acre, uh, an acre for Contreras to hit it out into left field and make it tougher for the left fielder to get over. There was not a throw at home on Marcelo Ozuna. So, I don't know if for some reason he was just playing the role of Ronald Acuna Jr. in his head and decided that he would become one of the Braves' more important base runners in that inning, but that's exactly what he did. And it was the Big Bear lumbering around to score that run. And then ultimately it was Wild Bill Contreras who came through with it, who scored the game-winning run as well. And Adam Duvall won a professional at bat down at the end. It was not his night, go, and it wasn't very many Braves' night against Rodon, but he put together a professional at bat. He stayed small in the situation. It wasn't a bunch of guys going up there trying to hit home runs. I think to your point, Jake, there was a lot of situational awareness there, and it paid off big time for the Braves in this 4-3 victory. Also worth pointing out, the New York Mets lost to the Houston Astros again. So for the second straight day, the Astros, a World Series foe of the Braves, helps out Atlanta in the NLE standings. Atlanta didn't lose a game yesterday despite their tough luck loss against San Francisco. They'll gain that game today. Now four and a half games back in the NLE standings after coming back to beat the Giants on a night that the Mets lost. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in game four of this series in just a moment. Before we do, the Braves postcast is sponsored by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The terms and conditions the Braves are looking for in game four, Jake, that's a win. They're going to send Kyle Wright to the mound. He's going to face our old friend Alex Wood. 
Kyle's seven and four on the season. Wood is five and five. What are the keys to victory here? I think it's if you take anything from the script of the first three games, I think we're in for a, an exciting one. And I don't know, maybe it's as simple as, hey, just score more runs than the other guys. Yeah, just keep it close till late, right? I mean, that's kind of uh, been the formula so so far. And the, the Giants bullpen, look, they've been used in this. I, I'm sure they, they got all the innings out of Rodon that they needed on. And that's another thing going back to Wednesday's game that – Braves getting to Rodon in that seventh inning, forcing them to go to the bullpen there is, is huge. Uh, and so I think the Braves have good looks at their bullpen. Their bullpen has been used pretty good in this series. So give me a good start from Kyle Wright. You know, give me six, seven strong innings here. Uh, and hopefully the offense can go to work. I think it'll be another low-scoring game, though. But I just want to see these continued at-bats. I mean, you already earned the split with the Giants. You feel pretty good about that. But obviously you want to take a series win if you can get it, especially with the Dodgers coming into town this weekend. So just continue these good at bats. I, I love seeing what we saw from the Braves on Wednesday as the game got going and the, the at bats late in that one. I just want to see that continue for this offense. It's great to get the home runs and, and I love that, but uh, you know, I, I like to see these good at bats as well, put the ball in play, good base running and manufacture some runs. Yeah. If the Braves want to go ahead and hit four home runs in the finale, that's fine with me. I just want them to be on the right side of a 12, 10 score. If that's what it comes down to, but it can be a low scoring game, a medium scoring game, a big scoring game, whatever the case is, Braves looking to take three out of four. They're looking to do it behind Kyle Wright. Again, he's seven and four, 294 ERA on the year. Alex Wood, the lefty former Brave five and five with a 432 ERA. This is a business fan special, a 12:20 PM Eastern time. So an afternoon affair at Truist Park, the Braves looking to take three out of four from the San Francisco Giants after their heroics in games one and game three. Do they have another sleeve to pull some more heroics out of? We will find out. Again, it's Kyle Wright and Alex Wood, 12.20 p.m. Eastern time, the first pitch for game four between the Braves and the Giants at Truist Park on Thursday afternoon. I want to thank you as always for joining us here on the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, your final score it was the Braves 4 and the Giants 3 in Game 3 of the series. We look forward to catching you tomorrow for another exciting edition of the Braves postcast. Until then, so long, everyone.